Welcome to the Minnesotan Pod. Today, Tony Scott and Peter Odney will square off and talk about everything that we've seen in the hockey world since the pause in mid-November. We'll talk a little college hockey. We'll talk about the new Minnesota Department of Health requirements for us to return to play hockey and cover hockey. NCAA men and women, world juniors, some rumor mill stuff with uh, the University of St. Thomas coaching position, uh, a new event that we're unfolding for boys high school hockey next season and our four corners event uh boys and girls hockey the teams we want to see and then a place that we want to visit in canada once the borders open hope you enjoy today's show and if you do please support the minnesotan a great store in white bear lake uh, with great vintage apparel hats pants shirts hoodies t-shirts you name it, they got it. It's all first class. If you want vintage, they got it. If you want unique, they got it. Um, if you're interested in buying some things there, use YHH on the code when you buy online or tell them YHH when you get to check out at their great store in White Bear Lake. Hope you enjoy today's show. Is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire. I fell into a ring of fire. Well, Mr. Odney, are you ready for the ring of fire here today? I've never been more ready for anything in my entire life. And the best part is you right there, because we do 10 minutes with Tony Scott, and you always have to make some goofy look on your face. And now we've, I've, I've, this was a really just a, an assignment to prove that you're a hot dog and, and a show-off. You didn't make any. You knew the camera I wasn't didn't make on. A face. No, I no face was made or anything there. Oh, I can make noises. I outed you right I can make there. Noise. Just <laughs> totally outed you. Yep, see right there. I can make noises. Yeah, see, there you go. You just always got to show off, don't you? Were you, were you sheltered as a child? Oh, I went to Catholic school, so yeah. Oh, you I were, mean, every day. Where every kid gets an A, right? No, oh, not everybody got has an the A. Odney tuition check cashed yet? Yep, give him an A. That's how it works, right? No, I didn't get A's. <laughs> I was, how I was sad a really, is that? You couldn't get an A at a Catholic school. I was a really solid B-minus student. Oh, I bet you were. I bet you were. Okay, Captain C+. Plus. I, what? Top 10%, baby? No, you weren't. Yeah. That's in a <laughs> Minneapolis too. school. Well, yeah, that sent kids to frickin' Ivy League, kiddo. Well, yeah, if they could right. buy their way in. All right, here we go. Uh, let's kick it off, and let's talk about what we are up against as hockey fans, hockey scary media. Uh, we'll just talk Minnesota Department of Health. We'll try to keep that and Minnesota hockey and MSHSL kind of all in one nutshell because once you start unpacking the luggage, it gets pretty ugly pretty quick. There's nine pages in this PDF. Of the are you Department of Health or with yeah. links to more pages. Oh, the best and part more is PDFs. the best part is is Minnesota hockey has a phase four which it's released, but apparently there's a phase five too, which is going to include spectators. So we don't know when phase five is coming out. But Call we me know when they get hovering. to phase twelve. I know, just that, that's my point. I'm like phase five, really? Are we really just there? Tell me, just tell me what to do. And I I'll think go phase there. five is going to look like phase three. That's what I'm thinking. I think it'll look like phase two and a half. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, it will. It probably will. You're right. Probably Wait, right. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be somewhere between two and three. I just pulled up from downtown and drained a three-pointer. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, okay, so let's talk about what the rules are. My The two big ones, you and I talked about how to announce this yesterday or two days ago when it came out. And we decided, don't write an article about it. Just give the high-level details that masks are to be worn while playing in both practice and games. And contrary to popular belief, yes, this has been going on in other parts of the country since Success- the season started. Successfully. The UConn women's college team wears masks while playing. Games. Games. Yeah. It's been done. Is it ideal? No. no. But what Nothing, nothing's ideal. But what I've learned here, and it's a theme... Forever, and we're uh, before this pod, we were working on our youth rescheduling schedule, and it's not pretty. <laughs> the ice times we're getting are not glorious, and I just said, you know what? The, we have a new definition of ideal for this phase of our lives, and you're just going to have yeah. to deal with it, right? You it's all about that? it's all about how you f- frame it. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it as, oh no, we got to play at six a.m. or nine thirty p.m. Oh no, hey. We're going back to the rink, dude. We're playing. I get to leave my living room. We're playing during the day. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, there's going to be some odd uh, cycles for uh, some of our events. Um, let's talk about the mask versus no mask. You want to take the the why it's good to wear masks, and then I'm going to go to the some of the tribulations to it. And that's, that's nothing to do with safety, and this is not a Trump boat parade thing. I'm just going to go with some of the <laughs> drawbacks. So I always say Trump boat parade because like, that's like the ultimate right wing. If you actually got in your boat and <laughs> flung a – Trump flag, you're okay. way to the if, right. If you right? got into a boat and you flew any politician's flag, you're, you're an idiot. Why? <laughs> this, it, it, I just think it's so funny when I saw these boat parades. I was like, wow, no, that isn't the most And they all start capsizing thing and ever. Um, uh, honestly, I don't have a positive about wearing masks or why they oh, should. I don't, you don't? Okay. No, so I'm going to take uh, the, uh, the lonesome road of actually acknowledging when I don't know something. I am not a doctor. I don't know anything about diseases or how they spread or and I don't know how to interpret data right because it comes from a million different sources and people on both sides it's tend to pick tricky. and choose where they get their numbers and and what those numbers indicate. So no, it's not going to be comfortable playing in a mask. It's really not. It's going to be hard. I have asthma. I've seen some fear from people uh, whose kids have asthma where they're already their breathing is already kind of labored. And they're having some issues with wearing a mask. I don't see a concrete positive if the scientists and doctors behind it think that it'll help slow the spread, then by all means. But I don't know. I don't know anything about statistics or diseases or nothing. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, the one thing that I, again, we haven't really ruffled up any new territory. We weren't going to unearth any new territory. But the one thing that I, you know, we had a guy come in our office today who were remain, remain nameless. But he's like, well, yeah, um, I've heard that you, and this is the old, I've heard you, but I've heard that if you have a mouth guard in that's tethered, how do you put a mouth guard, how does a tethered mouth guard and the mask is how's that going to work together? Well, then that's the part luck, I can't figure I out. I haven't seen a youth player wear a tethered mouth guard for the past three years. I think they're going to become the rage here pretty soon. So it's going to be hard. What are the rules on mouth guards? That has not been written by Minnesota Hockey or 
MSHSL or anyone yet. So that's going to be the, the, the big red flag, I think, to the mask issue is how do you protect their teeth? Well, that's always you know? kind of been the red flag, though. Every time, a, and I don't mean to speak ill of Minnesota hockey, but every time a phase has rolled out, the question, at least from our end, from a tournament perspective, is, okay, so how are we going to enforce this? Are there penalties for not wearing a mask while you're a coach on the bench? Are there penalties for if now if players have to wear it, how do you assess a penalty if a player is not wearing the mask? It's Correct. Just, there's, and, and it really puts a ton of weight on the referees. Oh, yeah. Who are going to be hard to find, by the way, because they've been out of work for you know four to six weeks. And they're also going to need bodyguards going out to the parking lot. Can you imagine issuing a two-minute minor to a player for not wearing their mask and then trying to escape that player's parent? Well, you know what else is going to be hard to escape is the when the photo... The first photo of the player who's not wearing the mask gets published. That's oh, where it's like going to get ugly. Like when the player Let's is go to ad- social media. adjusting their mask and it happens to be Minnetonka's Plant Eden Prairie and oh, some geez. anti-masker or masker, whatever, you know, goes on there and goes, look it, they're not following the rules and it's going to happen. Dude, don't be a narc and don't be a junkie. I know. Okay. I agree. Don't be a narc, but don't be a junk. I agree with you on that one. So uh, let's go down to, we could go on that one all day. Uh, spectators, no spectators. Currently, as the Department of Health reads, there will be no spectators allowed, but there are going to be guidelines forthcoming. That's what we keep hearing is the word forthcoming. forthcoming. Um, what are your takes on this? I know what your take is, but I tell everybody. <laughs> I don't. I already know the answer to this one. What is your take, Peter, on spectators and no spectators? Well, I think I pitched the idea of having no spectators. I'm ducking flying tomatoes at my head right now. I pitched the idea of no spectators back in September for the sh- this sh- I almost said sheer for yeah. the simple fact that we rarely at our tournaments had an issue with the players following the regulations and protocols put in place by the arena or by us or by, by Minnesota us. Hockey. Yeah, the people that we had the most problems with were the parents or yep. spectators. Yeah, in Moorhead, I spent more time asking adults to either pull their mask up, put it on, or use the correct entrance or exit than I did with any of the kids. I agree. So with the that. spectator thing. Do I like it? No, of course not, because if everybody followed through and followed the rules, then, I mean, that would be a totally different story. But the fact is the 1% is going to ruin it for, for the, the 99%. 99. I agree. That's all that's been proven over the last eight months. I agree with that. And and my and I've said this before on several of our podcasts and publications that my problem is the, 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 the parents who – Need to be waiting in the lobby for baby Jesus when he comes out. He or for she bantams, comes out. It's for just fourteen-year-olds like, out of the building. You've been instructed to get out of the building. That's the problem, and it's a real hard problem to enforce, and really hard to you know. It's thirty degrees or twenty below or whatever. It's cold out. They don't want to go outside and get in that freezing cold car. They need to go out there, warm up the car, and and then pick up little Johnny or little Jenny. That's my problem. I will, remember I was chucking tomatoes at you a minute ago, I would argue that the game itself, if the players, if we can somehow come up with a graphic or something that says you need to be socially distanced from other people, I think you can make this thing work. I'd be happy to be the first tournament to run a tournament or run games and make sure people are socially distanced and show that it can be done. Um, I think the atmosphere in the rink is a big part of what, 
you know, we we had the show and we had one fan mm-hmm. per player. It was kind of dead in there. And once we got two fans in there, it was much better. I think parents deserve a chance to see their kids as long as they promise to stay uh, socially distant. But they just can't do. They just can't. We saw but, it in Mora. They can't do it. It's almost impossible. And that's what I don't want to get lost. I'm not saying that I hate hockey parents and they should all stay out forever. I'm no. saying that... If we could do it, everybody's got to get on board. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to buy in. I mean, we had that conversation when we interviewed the gentleman from Alexandria. Matt Hennon. Yeah, about if it'll work if everybody does what they're supposed to do, but they just haven't proven that they're willing to do it. What a great segue there. No, I have one more caveat. If we were the first tournament to institute a social distancing rule and enforce it and walk around with a friggin' six-foot hockey hockey stick stick and separate people, who's going to be there to pay my medical bills when When someone grabs another hand and hits you with it? my jaw because they can't stand on top of somebody else. Uh, That's a good one. Um, So I I reached out to Matt uh, because – one of the other rules that we didn't write on the 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 agenda today was that there um, no use of locker rooms. That's fine. Okay. Yes, but if you recall, remember Matt said in his arena Runestone, and I think there are certain arenas. I I think of Braemar West as a really difficult s- sort of space to to have them. The Super Rink rinks one through four will be a very difficult space to have kids outside of locker rooms. It's just not yeah. built that way. So um, that one's going to be somewhat controversial too. Again, our favorite rink, Bloomington Ice Garden, no problems. We've been doing it there since since July fifteenth or whatever. Right. I don't have any problem with that. I think a lot of these rinks can figure it out. They can get their chairs out, space the kids out six feet. Kids will walk in with their mask on and their uniform and then tie their skates and get on the ice. I don't think it's going to be an issue. There's going to be some rinks where it's not going to be as conducive to stopping the spread of the virus because they're going to be, you know, in the lobby, you know, where there's going to be other teams. And it's going to be just trickier is what I'm saying. I, I'm not a, not a big fan of that across the board. If some kids got to go put their skates on on the bench. Yep. They can spread out on the bench. You could stick half your team on the bench, half in the lobby. Some can come with their skates on wearing skate guards. That's the other that's the other rule that's in there right now, which applies to basketball big time where they have to be six feet apart. There's not room in some rinks. There's actually cement next to the bench. So you couldn't stand off of the bench and be six feet apart with your 15 members of your team, and you'd have to be maybe stand behind the bench. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's going to be a little bit trickier to coach a hockey game with kids six feet apart on a bench. It might be impossible. And how do you enforce that? And what kind of penalty do you assess if they don't? Or is there a penalty? Too many men up, close to each other on the bench. Or is I mean, it left up to the subjective rule. opinion of the tournament director or the district director or the maintenance guy at the arena? I talked to somebody today. I can't remember who I was talking to. And they, oh, I was talking to the uh, general manager at Prior Lake. And I said, well, who's going to enforce these rules down at Prior Lake? Are you going to be out there doing that? And he goes, that's not my job. My job is to you know, to do the Zamboni and and make sure the heat's on and do all that stuff because it's the district's job, my my tenant's job. I go, well, they're gonna be they're gonna be volunteers at the door for a PWB prior lake Minnetonka game and he goes, I don't know. That's up to them. Which this is why it gets super difficult. Well yeah because to, and to if you enforce self do self enforcement like that. And if you don't enforce it the exact same way across the board at every arena 
you can bet your butt that every time someone comes in, well, they don't do that over at, at Blaine. At this, they don't do that at that ring. Well, there is no right answer. And, I mean, we're running in circles. Right. Trying to figure out if there's an answer. All right. I'm, be- al- I'm already exhausted. Before we move on to NCAA hockey, we, we've covered quite a bit of it in the last six weeks. Uh, let's talk a, bit, a quick minute about Fogarty Arena, which is not pro- not uh, publicly owned. It's owned by a private organization. Mm-hmm. And they're, according to their document, they're $500,000 in the red and in a very desperate situation to keep that rink open. It's a really important piece uh, never to lose rinks, but especially one that's right in the th- heart of the northwest suburban hockey well, and landscape. It's, it's not just the hockey rinks. You got the Four Seasons Curling Club, and you got Sticks and Stones Restaurant. So you have the employees that work exclusively with the curling club and exclusively at the restaurant. It's a fabulous location. Um, a lot of great hockey games have been played there. A lot of great hockey players have played and trained there. A lot of bad hockey players have played and trained there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not some place that we can afford to lose as a hockey community. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. My season is not complete until I go to a section final at Fogarty Arena and eat dinner in the restaurant beforehand. It's fabulous. Wander into the rink and watch a, a crazy hockey game. This and this sounds it's good food too. Yeah, really it is good food. Caesar salad. <laughs> a great Caesar salad. Really? Um, it sounds callous, but this would be the time to reach out to maybe some more your more well-heeled uh, alumni. David Backus. David Backus. Nick Matt Bustad. You, you hate Matt to, Hendricks. You hate to hit people up for money, but if they they also have the platform. All of the Brodzinski brothers are making money playing hockey now, except <laughs> Bryce. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, it's a really potentially bad situation. People don't realize how important, you know, the amount of ice sheets that we have available, indoor ice sheets we have available to grow our game. Well, and where would those kids go? They get sucked super up by rink. the super rink? Yeah. Is yeah. They, they get to play in a... It's a. It's bad for the super rink. They're short on ice. You know what I mean? They, they don't have... It's not a great situation for them either. And you're trying to serve two different youth associations that need ice. Several youth associations go through that area. So, uh, it's... Yeah, especially with the Spring Lake Park and the and Blaine. I agree. All right. Uh, because of the pause, the only thing we can watch is college <laughs> hockey and now some juniors and a little bit of world juniors, but some junior hockey as well. We've been keeping an eye on uh, the Minnesota kids playing in junior hockey, but mostly we've been keeping an eye on NCAA men and mm-hmm. women's hockey. Um, you had a great article on the top freshman uh, women. It's one of our most read articles lately. Um, walk through some of uh, those top freshman girls, just some of the college hockey. You got three uh, WCHA teams in the top four, right? Uh, Ohio State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, which are chock full of Minnesota kids on those teams. Um, what do you see in, a w, in NCAA women's hockey as a, as a trend or the, some things that you see? I see the WCHA kind of mirrors the NCHC on the men's side, where there's yes. a glut of super talented teams that are always going to be in the mix, top right. five. Wisconsin and Minnesota are always in the top five. I mean, I think it goes yep. back to when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments. He said, <laughs> Wisconsin and Minnesota will always be in the top five. And then you've got Northeastern at three, Ohio State at four, Colgate at five. There's always a couple of random East Coast teams. Well, Clarkson's always had a kind great of program. Sneak into that top five. And Colgate has played Clarkson four times, 
beaten him three times, lost to him by one. Which tells you that once. Colgate's the superior team. There's no Ivies this year, right? Nope. You did a story on Annie Keel and uh, sitting in her basement, Sam Malinsky, working uh, out on her own. Yeah, I mean, insane talking to this woman who was playing college hockey last year, and now she's taking a gap year at Princeton to maintain some of that, uh, to maintain her eligibility, so she'll still get to play. Yeah, for three more years, but and she you can't redshirt. No, in the Ivy League. So there's plenty. Well, she did sort of technically, Te- it, but they don't call unofficially. Her a she did, um, but it's amazing how many great uh, young women we've seen play hockey in Minnesota who are now. You know, you got you got uh, uh, the two girls from Blake that are at, at Cornell, uh, Lily Delandis, and what's the other one's name? Izzy Daniel. Izzy Daniel, thank you. They're playing at Cornell. You got is it CC Bowlby who's at at Dartmouth? You know how many or Grace Bowlby? I get the Bowlbys. Williams at Bulbies. Dartmouth. You got all the girls. That, there's girls at Harvard. You got Brown. You got uh, there's Princeton. Be, there might I mean, be it's one crazy, and Yale. Yale as well. So. It's a pretty uh, imp- impressive list of, of Minnesota girls that are playing Ivy League or are sitting out this year. Yeah. And then, obviously, the men, too. We'll get to men's in just a second. Um, you know the one that jumps out at me who's doing so well, and I'm not surprised at all, is Mankato State, Jamie Nelson. I mean, she is just crushing it right now. They have a few girls that, have, that are in the top, like, 10, 15 in overall points. Yeah. Yeah. When, They're super young, Sydney Langseth? Too. Lang said, uh, so here's King, the f- is there King? Kelsey King, Kelsey King from Elk River. Elk River. Uh, here's the funny thing. When I was writing that notable freshman article, I was using the USCHO's overall scoring stats yeah. and didn't realize they were including exhibition games. So when I started double-checking some player bios on the school website, some numbers weren't the same. So Minnesota State might not have the – the firepower that I thought they did after their exhibition games, but they still have a handful of players in the top 15, 20. Uh, it's great country. to see, that's for sure. All right, on the flipping to the men's side, um, let's talk about the on the Gophers. This is the, one of the first things you want to talk about there, 8-0. Um, I'm going to let you talk about the Gophers. Well, have you seen them? Did, what, do you, what is your takeaway? I, I've talked about them. I've covered all eight of their games via Twitter and via uh, Zoom calls afterwards on the on the live stream press conferences. You haven't watched as much of them. What is your takeaway? What do you what do you think from a from a ten thousand feet? And I'll get I'll go on to the ice uh, level. Okay, <laughs> from, from ten thousand feet, it feels like they're talented, mm-hmm. just like they always are. Yeah, but this year they have a couple of glue guys. <laughs> a lot of glue guys. Everything together because Minnesota always seems to have the best of the best. From Minnesota, a lot of NHL draft picks, but to to quote the rest of the Minnesota fan base, they never get it done. They're so talented, but they're always looking ahead at the NHL. Yeah, but you have guys now like Ben Myers and Johnny Sorensen who this is their big show. This is okay? they're not they're, drafted. They're, they're not they're not in they're not in contact with their NHL club saying, okay, do you want me to jet after this year? What's going to be best? They don't for my have one foot out the door. Nope. Yeah, they're ready to be Joe College for four years, and you got to have those guys. You have to have a balance. You look at the teams that consistently go to the Frozen Four; they have those guys that have been invested in the program. So we've worked the camp. You've worked the camp longer than I have because yeah, I missed I was, one I of them. Was at the first, the first one, first one with Joe Miller Yikes. and Gleason and those guys. Remember that? Um, 
and Teddy Lagerbeck was there. Remember all that? Okay, so so you've worked this camp. We've worked with these kids. We had Tommy Novak and you know Brent Gates Jr. and Justin Hall, just all of those guys, right? Yeah. So so we had a lot of these guys. We work with these guys um, closer and closer each year. We they become more and more invested in in, in the camp and mm-hmm. get these kids. What's the kid that you know? Now it seems like this is the first year I remember. Maybe because we haven't had much to cover, but this is the first year I'm kind of hate to use the word from a journalist, but kind of excited about the Gophers and excited that they're doing well. And part of it's because they're the, the hometown team, but the other part is, is we've got to work with these kids, especially last two summers, almost all of these kids on a daily basis for a week. Um, you know, a kid like Colin Munson, just such a nice <laughs> kid, so fun to be around. And we had Brandon McManus in here on a podcast. Who's the guy you you know you mentioned two of them right there, uh, Johnny yeah. Johnny uh, Sorensen. Two guys you can't ben help Martin. but root just for. Just love them. I mean, and they're nice kids. Oh, I yeah. mean, you think some of these guys are going to be kind of jerks and like, no, there's not one of these kids that worked the 10 that we had last year. Matt Stodicker from from Michigan taught me all about Michigan hockey and they had more fun than the kids. I think they do sometimes. They really do. And Blake McLaughlin was awesome with the kids. I mean, yeah. he by the end, he and I were coming up with the all-camp teams. He goes, oh, no, you got to take this guy, Mr. Zolzel. You got to <laughs> take that guy. So it was a really fun group of kids to work with, and it's fun to see them succeed. And that's a testament to Motsko and Raboyne. I that totally have, agree. That have told the kids, you know what? You might not want to show up at the ring at 7 o'clock on a summer morning, but you know what? These kids are here. They're using our facilities Make them feel welcome. Make them feel like they're a part of something, and they have the the goal, the celebrations, the uh, the mock yelling at officials during games, the banging the kids on the helmet and telling them they're doing a great job. That those kids will remember that more than they'll remember anything else from that camp. The best part is I see on especially on Instagram how they tag each other. Like all these guys are tagging their buddies. No, they're tagging Blake McLaughlin. They're tagging Scott Reedy, you know, because they've worked with them over yeah. the summer, and they are, truly are. They know each other. It's so funny to hear, like, a Johnny Sorensen goes, oh, yeah, Greeter. That kid thinks he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someday Graham Greeter will be playing Division One hockey because he's a skilled kid, yeah. you know, and he got his boost from hanging out with Johnny Myers and uh, Johnny uh, Sorensen and, and Brandon McManus for a week. It's pretty cool. When I was in the seventh grade, I went to – the University of North Dakota's camp for the second year. And my camp counselor, my coach for the week was Matt Smaby. No way. And my we mother. Just, did you meet him up in Moorhead? I did not. I was, Come too, on. I was too shy. <laughs> I was going to run up to him like, hey, Matt, do you remember me? So you're 12? younger than Matt. Oh, yeah, much oh younger. Oh, my gosh. I'm a lot so younger funny. than Matt. I think of you as about the same age. Nope, not even close. All but right. My mom still has the report card that he filled out for me at the end of the camp. Oh, we got to make an intro. And, I mean, it, as a... 12 or 13 year old clutching a report card where a division one player says that you're good at backward skating. I, Oh, that's great. Oh my gosh. Well, Matt, just so you know, is a former is second round draft pick. Uh, went to my high school for one year, Minneapolis Southwest before. Then he moved on to bigger and better, bigger things. and better places. Um, and, uh, played at Shattuck, played at North Dakota, uh, played professionally for 10 years is now, uh, the director of youth hockey in Grand Forks, North Dakota back that sounds that hockey. sounds like something he would excel at, and he'll be there for forty he'll, years. He'll and, be fantastic, and he'll have the rink named after him. He will be fantastic. Uh, okay, so we've talked some NCAA men, women. You watched the pod. You were more invested in the, the pod, pod than I was. Tell me your thoughts on the NCHC pod. Kudos for pulling the oh, pod off. Unbelievable! Oh my 
gosh, uh, the live streams were great. Honestly, I, I liked watching the live stream. It, it, I mean, it gets, you know, tedious after a while, kind of watching the same teams, but it, it felt like that was a situation where, to use another cliche, everybody bought in. Everybody yeah. was ready for it. Colorado College showed up late. I uh, had a really nice conversation with their director of hockey operations, and he was just like, you know what? We're here to have a good time. We don't care if we're in a pod. We don't care if we're isolated. We're here to play hockey, and it felt um, it was unique. What was your article on Colorado College? You, we've done a lot of different pieces. Oh, boy. You don't remember now? It's been so long. It's been well, three weeks. It really it Was it about them missing out? or It was just kind of like they got their late – it was a little bit of a welcome to the pod. i got to find it. This okay. Is, it's it's so old. Right? so far back. It's like the, three weeks ago, dude. In the archives. It, feel, it feels like it's been forever. I haven't left my house. And Okay. Well, while you're looking up what you wrote about, um, are there is there any team who – I was always worried about, is there going to be a team that's going to leave the pod pissed? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> God, we suck. Why? Just, just call the season off now. Like, Western didn't do so well. No. They lost their goalie in the first game. That their starting help. goalie. That it's hard. It takes you. Usually, you got a few weeks where you can make up for it. They had to make up for a few weeks all in like you know, it would be like eight weeks all into three. Mm-hmm. So they really got stung hard. Yeah. Um. I don't think Miami did so well either. No, but they could look at their goalies and find a silver lining. That Ben Cross kid played out of his mind. Yeah. In the pod, the team that the two teams that left the pod. I, I think really happy has to be Omaha and St. Cloud State. St. Cloud for sure. Omaha did well sure. too. I mean, they, they did, but I think St. Cloud always comes we, into we the We weren't year sure with, what they were going to be yet, right? That, se- that seems to be the thing with them all the time, though. Yeah. Talented, but nobody's quite sure how the season's going to go. They've broken too many hearts to have <laughs> they too have. much fanfare going They into have, the for sure. Um, the Col- you, the Colorado you, College story was just a... Welcome to the Welcome pod. to the pod. They'd How are the you pod. prepared for it? How yeah. did you react to getting a couple of positive COVID tests beforehand? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, the two big wigs, you know, North Dakota and Minnesota Duluth, they did well. They're the top two teams in the league. Oh Denver, a little bit disappointing, but I think they had a tougher schedule. They also lost Bobby Brink um, two games in. Yeah, and he you can see why he's important to that team. He is important to that team. I mean, he's kind of Savoy's. I don't even know if they play on the same line, but when they're on the ice together on power plays, he's Savoy's peanut butter. Yeah, he is. And he's, Savoy, he's the distribution master, and Savoy knows what to do with the puck. And who knew Carter Savoy was going to be this good? Everyone knows about his little brother, Matthew. Everybody in Sherwood Park, Alberta, has their hand up right now saying, yep, knew we it. knew he was going to be good. Yeah, and he's got a buddy who came with him same time, right? Uh, Mike Benning. And he's they're both from Sherwood Park. They both played for the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Okay. And Benning was one of my ten freshman men that is that have looked really good. So Sherwood Park, just so people know, don't get all freaked out about the Western Hockey League. This is basically the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So this would be the equivalent of their BCHL or their mm-hmm. NAHL, or their USHL. Uh, it's local. I don't know how many teams are in the, in the league. Probably sixteen to twenty teams uh, in is, small communities all throughout a, Alberta. This is where having a producer would. Uh, yeah, well, he would just drum that up for us. But uh, Sherwood Park is always a really good team, and actually, Sherwood Park has has long been a great feeder system of the University of North Dakota. That's where Brad Berry played his junior hockey. Well, they had a kid from Manitoba, Reese Gaber. 
your oh, head. He's unbelievable. Excellent pop. Is he a Sherwood Park, too? No. He's from Manitoba. Oh, Manitoba. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, and he played the Manitoba Junior League. Where did and he you know, look that one up, too? But he's no, a darn good player. He was fantastic. All right. Uh, I came out with uh, some rankings bef- uh, week one or week two, and I thought the Gophers should be the third best team behind UMD and UND. And I think Boston College, even though they were missing Spencer Knight, should be able to replace a goaltender and 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 be well. They're missing better than the third ranked team in the country. They're like number two in the. They're country. missing a few kids. Yeah, a new, new hook, Boldy. I'm sure they're Moynihan. Yeah, but um, but Michigan's losing players. Minnesota's losing players. North Dakota's losing players. Everyone's Min- losing who players. Who did Minnesota lose though? They lost Faber, Lacombe. Lacombe. Okay, Johnson. So they, so they lost Faber, Lacombe. Three play. They're three best defensemen. You think they're the three best defensemen on that team? Uh, yes. Are you going to write that in blood somewhere? I would write that in blood somewhere. Okay. I think Mike Kester's just a hair behind them, but what a nice defensive core they have at the university. It's fun to watch. Wow. Okay. Um, let's move off of NCAA, um, team talk and let's go. There's been a rumor mill, uh, floating out there. Jess Myers threw out a rumor that, uh, there'd be a new player coming in for second semester. Um, so I did a little digging. And this is the first reveal. I don't think there's a player, as of my, according to my source, close to the program, there will be no player coming in for second semester. Two sources close to the program. Um, If there is going to be a player, it will be a player that is, listen to this now, is someone who's already attending the school and was a recruited player. Uh, That was my, those are my clues to the puzzle. And the only player I can think of that meets that uh, requirement would be Lucas McGregor. Lucas McGregor is a student, the last I knew was a student at the University of Minnesota. He's just going to become a a practice type player. You know, he wouldn't be playing, he'd be on the team. But if he plays to his potential, he won't be a practice player for very long. Lucas McGregor. He's a good player. Right. Good player. Yeah. But he's, I think he's attending the U and doesn't play product. hockey. Yeah. But the point is it would be someone like that, someone who is a really good high school hockey player uh, who's attending the U and they need some extra bodies to practice with and be on the squad. I don't know if he's going to get on. He's going to be more like a Matt Denman type, you know. He'll get the jersey, he'll get the equipment, he'll get the hoodie, but I don't know if he's going to see a lot of ice, a lot of games. I hope Matt Denman doesn't know where you live. I know Matt Denman really well. Your tires might be getting He did not play much when given an opportunity during his career at the University of Minnesota. That's that's all I'm saying. I love Matt Denman. He's one of our best camp counselors. Love the kid. Heck of a lacrosse player. Has he played a lot of minutes? I don't know. I no, don't he is not. Overs. Okay. Uh, moving on, Mr. Critical. I'm not being critical. Oh, I have one nice thing to say about men's college hockey. Oh, great. I mentioned players who didn't play a whole lot. Yep. Jax Murray didn't play a whole lot last year. This year, he's a stud for Arizona State. And he'll be coming into Minneapolis, coming back to his old stomping grounds uh, Sunday and Monday. They oh, Arizona State plays the Gophers at... 3M Arena at Mariucci. It's crazy. It's almost like a hockey website should do a story on there. You did that already. Well, I did one on Jax Murray. That was before, I think that was before we knew that Arizona State was going to have to play 25 road games. All against the Big Ten. Yeah. They got a good deal. Good for them. Hey, that's an example of somebody saying, all right, this is the the pair of twos that we've been dealt. (laughs) Forget it. Let's see what happens on the river. See if we get four of a kind. 
Exactly. Good. Uh, Instead of folding on their first hand. That was a good analogy. I like that one. Is that right up there with parking the bus? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> but I used I used a river analogy uh, when we did the Eden Prairie thing a couple years ago. Remember I talked about Texas Hold'em? I said, ah, if, if the cards that Eden Prairie was dealt right now, 6% would come flying up at the board. And basically, that's what uh, Arizona State's been dealt, a really bad hand. They're going to make the best of it, and they really are. They're having a great season. See what happens when you have a good attitude. I totally agree. All right, we're rolling along here, 35 minutes. Uh, we t- touched on the new gopher. Let's talk about oh boy. Um, let's talk about the University of St. Thomas uh, coaching opening. Um, Duke Besser will not be the Division One coach at University of St. Thomas. He will I retire. I did submit my application. You did. Okay, good yeah, for you. Good luck you. to you. Thank you. Um, here are three names that I'm hearing uh, as potential candidates for the job. Are you ready? Yes. One of them we've worked closely with at our University of Minnesota camp, Grant Patolny, our good friend. Grant is a front runner for this job. I think if they go out and put together the right package, Grant Patolny would take that job. Considering the recruiting fr- footprint that he already has in the metro area, his head coaching experience perfect. at a Division One program, perfect, yeah, absolute fits perfect, like a glove fit, absolute perfect. And thanks, Grant, if you're listening to the show, for returning my text. If you're interested in the job, he did not return my. text text. I'm going to have to get him on that one. Thanks a lot, Grant. Next one, Ohio State head coach Steve Rollick, St. Paul native. That's a wild card. I think it's a good call, though. I think it's a wild card. You don't think he, you think he's too good for that job? No, I think of the three names on this list, I think he would be my outside the box pick. You think it's a number, you think it's a better choice than Grant? I'm not saying better or worse. I am. I'm asking you. I don't know. I'm not saying better or worse, but out of the three names here, I think Steve Rolick would be the one considered most outside the box. Okay, how about this one? Are you ready? Where's yeah. the drum roll? Where is it? We need a drum roll on this one. Uh, I met I met this guy a few different times. I wouldn't put him in my close personal friend category, but I do know Mr. Hackstall, Dave Hackstall. How's yeah, that that'll work. A big former name. NHL head coach. Yeah, that'll work for a first time Division One program. I think he could really do some damage there. It's I a great job. Could. I think it's one of the best jobs out there. I really do. Do you really? I really think it's I a think great it's a, job. I think it's a better gig. You can on only the, go up. You know what I mean? You can only go up. I think it's a better gig on the women's side than on the men's I, side. I agree. Especially women's side. I agree because there's more talent. Yeah. And it's well, not more as competitive. Con- more concentrated. Yeah, more talent. concentrated talent. I agree with that. All right, here's some other names that I've heard, bantered about. Uh, Keith Fisher, assistant head coach at Penn State. Associate. Garrett, oh, sorry, Garrett Raboyne, uh, University of Minnesota, would be a great choice. Uh, either of the Wisconsin assistants, Mark Osiki, who's got head coaching experience, Mark Strobel, who's from St. Paul. Uh, Scott Bell is another good choice. Uh, got some great, you know, he's had a great, he had a Division three, tons of experience at Division three. coached at Division one level at the U for a year. Um, I think he could put together a whale of a staff and – Really bring some energy to the program. When you're a first-year program and you need someone who's an energizer bunny who can set a culture, Scott Bell might be your number one guy. They wouldn't even have to pay him in money. They could pay him in, like, Mike and Ike's. (laughs) Sugar candy. Any sugar candy, he would have it. Have one conversation with Scott Bell, and you're going to need a bottle of water afterwards trying to keep up. Yeah, he's something else. All right, so that was a fun one. Um, Let's talk about uh, uh, our new event that's coming out next year for high school hockey over at the St. Louis. Park Rec Center. The name of it is a work in progress. But you came up with a name for it. You want to hear it? You want well, to unveil it? I, 
I'll tell you. Okay, say the name, and I'll tell you say, where I got he, it. Here are the teams. Uh, Hermantown, uh, Eden Prairie, Hill Murray, and Benil St. Margaret. So you have two public schools, two privates, Catholics versus convicts. I would never use that one. It's been used a million <laughs> times. And I never don't many. there's not many convicts uh, involved uh, with it's those not two ex- programs. It's not exactly Hickory High versus – it's not exactly Hoosiers. No, no, it's not. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What's your uh, name? <laughs> Sinners versus winners. I like it. I like it. Uh, we won't use it, but it's good for a podcast, right? So back in the day when I played high school hockey, we had at, the Rice Street Cup Burners? every year. It would be the St. Paul Saints, which was a co-op between St. Burns, St. Agnes, Concordia Academy, St. Croix Lutheran, and New Life Academy. Oh, so you got to keep the schools. new lifers in there. How many new lifers were on the squad? Two. All right. All so right. we played Como Park every year. Battle in the Rice Street Cup, and yes, two teams. Where would you play? We played at Aldrich. Okay, and Ooh. we sold out the building. No way! If I see people all the time chirping on Twitter about how they miss like old school hockey, high school hockey, this was fist fights in the stands. Love uh, it! Kids Love bumping it. into each Not other. The fist fights, but I get it. Pa- I like the passion. Part. There was. And everybody knew each other. So half the guy, I played at Como for my last two years of youth hockey, right? Yeah. So at the end of the game, everybody's just standing around on the ice, checking in with their buddies. And there was a sign that said, sinners are winners. And one of the Como kids brought it and hung it up in the, uh, on the glass or something. And I think our athletic director made him take it down. Yeah, but, probably. Uh, that's, that's too that's, much fun. That's where I got the sinners uh, are winners. Oh yeah, somebody from the Como side threw a plastic bottle onto the ice, and our captain picked it up and threw it back to him. It was, it was a zoo. It's, you know, it's so funny. Zoo. I I talk on the high school hockey podcast um, with Danny and Carl, and they're just like the biggest bunch of snobs. And he went to St. <clears throat> Thomas Academy, and I did Luth East, and they talk about this. I'm like, and every year I bring up the Kennedy Jefferson game. It's just one of the most fun games ever. And I, I have a slight attachment to Jefferson. My son played there. My daughters go to school there. Yeah. But I don't really have the huge attachment to this program. But when I'm at the Jefferson Kennedy game, especially after my son was gone, it's some of the most entertaining hockey because the fans are so jacked to be in the game and they just don't like each other. It's so fun to be in the building. I don't really care if it's the highest level of hockey. It's the exact same concept. It's like a sold-out barn and they're playing the game. Give me that all day long versus a stale. Like, I've been at Edina, Minnetonka games over at Pagel, and it just seems like a Morgan there. I would rather go to a game where there was virtually no talent on the ice, but a great atmosphere, as opposed to watching 20 D1 players play to a 3 to 1 empty Snoozer. net goalie. It's just, yeah, I know. There's a difference between a good game and an entertaining game. I know. I, I agree with you on that one. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this event, whatever the name is. We'll come up with it later. Uh, Hermantown will be dynamic next year. Think about that. Allegedly. What do you mean? You got, you got Zam Plant and Max Plant together, sophomore and junior? Are they good? They're very good. Oh, That's okay. going to be a good squad. They've got a <laughs> ton of talent there. Uh, Eden Prairie. Eden Prairie will be down for a little bit. Their their best players might be their sophomores and juniors next year. Yeah. But they'll, they're coming. Down Hill, is a relative term. Yeah. Hill Murray. Do we have loaded? Absolutely loaded. A pipeline. Couldn't be more excited to have Hill Murray in one of our events because it's just so much tradition there and attached there. And then you have Benil St. Margaret, speaking of tradition, the hosts, they have a ton of new 
kids coming in there are ninth graders, eighth, ninth, eighth, ninth graders now, combined with the Adam Marshalls of the world. It's going to be – they'll be stacked. So be great teams. We'll, we'll pit the uh, public teams versus the private on Friday night, and then we'll – I'm not sure if we've decided as, a, as the coaches or not whether we'll make it a tournament fashion. We have third place or, or, and championship on, on Saturday, or if we'll just uh, subjectively get the games together and, and let the chips fall where they may. Try to set up the best matchups as opposed to a tournament. And, and what a fun group. I mean, these coaches, uh, Ken Pauly, uh, Bill Lechner, Lee Smith, uh, Pat Andrews is, is the youngest. But Don, I mean, Pat Andrews reminds me of these three guys in a, in a, in a crazy kind of way. Uh, he's a hockey junkie. Guess who the biggest hockey junkie is? Ken Pauly. Just like <laughs> he's got a little bit of Ken Pauly in him. Um, he's a teacher. Just like Lee Smith is a teacher, right? And he's Pat Andrews is a first class guy, one of the classiest guys you'll ever meet, and that's Bill Lechner. So he's kind of got a little bit of each of those guys in him, and I just can't wait till Hermantown gets their first state title under Pat Andrews. It'll be a, it'll be a great day for him because he's poured his heart and soul into that program for. Ooh, 1997, eight. That's when he was in high school. So 23 years, he's either been a player or a coach in that system. It's pretty impressive. You know what else he shares with Bill Lechner? What's that? The amount of hair on his head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just brought him down to earth, didn't you? That's okay. Just brought him down to earth. You know, I've I've been growing my hair out for the past few weeks. Oh, it's ugly. There's a reason this is an audio cast and not a video cast. I'm going to be bald by the time I'm 31. What are your take on these teams and and, and next year having these guys in our building and doing a tournament? I think it's great. I've never had a negative experience while interviewing any of these coaches. They've always been prompt out of the the locker room. They've always given good answers. They've never acted like I'm just annoying them and – taking them away from what else they could be doing. Um, I like Pat a lot. Pat's got a ton of energy. Uh, Bill Lechner is the elder statesman at this point of Minnesota high school hockey. He straight up. So I looked at going to Hill Marie for middle school. Yeah. I had no idea what I was talking about. So I asked him if I could play on the high school team as a seventh grader. And he gave me a look. He's like, (laughs) uh, no, technically. Yes. But in not so many words told me that I wouldn't, I wouldn't make the team. You'd never make our team. Nobody feels the game harder than Lee Smith. Yeah. Nobody's emotions are as on. Oh, you can see it. As Lee Smith, you can see just how much he cares. Yeah. And Ken Pauly, smoothest operator in the state. He is. Have you seen that locker room? It's awesome. I did. I interviewed him about the locker room in their upcoming season a couple of years ago, and he says, I played a lot of golf. <laughs> a lot of golf to get this locker room built. Yeah. But he, he's one of those guys where if he says something is going to happen and if he wants to put something together, he's one of those guys where it just happens. Yeah. He's a doer. He's a yeah. sayer and a doer, man. Um, We have a new segment for this little pod here, um, and it's called Four Corners. You ever play that as a kid? You mean like, like the with – like the, the four play yard. Yeah, four square. It's kind yeah. of four square. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to go uh, divide the state up. We're going to do our best to divide the state up. Do you want to go girls first or boys first? Girls first. Okay, we're going ladies first. All right. So uh, we're going to divide the state up into four different quadrants, and we're going to pick teams that we just want to see, and we're excited to see. Or There's there's a reason we want to see them. It could be they're going to go to state for the first time, or they're going to uh, – it's something about the coach or a player on the team, whatever. We'll, we'll list those off. So we'll start uh, upper right-hand corner of the state for girls hockey. Who do you want to see? Moose 
Lake. Oh, I want to see oh. Moose Lake. I love it. Their their mascot is like the renegades, the rebel. or rebels. The yeah, moose, I knew it was something like lake. a Moose Lake Willow River Rebels. Let's give them a, a round of applause for not being the moose. That'd be great. Kind of like the Elk River Elks. You know, let's. That's pretty. Uh, I, I'd give that a uh, A minus name. I would give it. Yeah, probably an A minus. Yeah, they've got. So they went 12 and 13 last year with nine 7th and 8th graders on the team. This is why they this is going to be so fun to watch. A 7th grader, Sandra Ribich, had 26 points, and 7th grader, Hallie, Cla- Hallie Clavu, Clavu, yeah. Clavu, whatever, yeah. had 19 points as a 7th grader. That's pretty impressive. You're telling me they're, they're not going to get better after playing a full season of varsity hockey? They could be – I know that my team, Proctor Hermantown, will be the favorite in the section for some time to come. For the they, next 100 years. <laughs> but they could literally imagine this, a Moose Lake team being a number two seed in sections. That would be pretty cool. Well, hopefully it would go better than last year's. Yeah, they tournament. lost the they first lost round, didn't they? Triple overtime. To Hibbing, though, right? Hibbing. Yeah. But you get better in the postseason with experience. I wouldn't expect a team with nine, seventh, and eighth graders to make a run through the section tournament. They'll be there. They'll be there. They'll be one of the top four seeds this year. Uh, here's my squad uh, Proctor Hermantown. I don't have their roster in front of me, but I, I just know they got a good. superior underclassman. It's you good. know, they have Izzy Fairchild, will be a, a Mirage skater this year. Uh, that, that alone will. Will boost your your team, but they also have a great group of seniors as well. I think Alyssa Watkins is finally a senior. She's been playing there for for what seems like ten years. I honestly, can't tell anymore. Yeah, she's been there forever. Um, they have a, a a really good team. Uh, last year they got stopped in the in the section final. It won't happen this year. They are a oh. virtual lock to make it to state. Um, I their schedule came out today with their new logo, and I was just so bummed when I saw they Why? don't ever leave the 218 not that I won't go to the 218 oh. and but we're looking at our schedules we're going to be running youth hockey tournaments from January 15th to, to March 30th we're not going to see a lot as, as many boys and girls high school games as we used to and you know with no spectators who knows if we'll even be allowed in to shoot some picks if this season was a Chevy Suburban <laughs> high school <laughs> hockey would be in the third row of seating Yes, for us. Behind our tournaments. Yes. And behind our own mental and physical health. Correct. And then there's high school hockey behind it. We're going to do our best, but it's not going to be great. We're going to probably get about six or seven high school team contracts. This is not a solicitation for high school live stream contracts, but if there are no (laughs) fans in the crowd, we'll be getting solicited by the schools. We won't be soliciting them uh, to to broadcast some games. I think we have. As of today, we've secured the contract for Maple Grove Girls High School live stream. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll get some good teams out of that. If I had some money We'll get, some, we'll get some Andovers. I think Andovers agreed to it on the girls' side as well. But we're still working out some of the details. I mean, no one knows even their schedule is until today or tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. And I see all these schedules being put on Twitter, and I, I love keep it. reminding myself, okay, these are tentative. Yes, everything Every, is tentative. Everything is tentative. Yeah, and the, the sad part about tentative, that you could get two kids with COVID, and now they're 
you know, reschedule. Ask some of the reschedule. football teams that had yeah, to have insane. games canceled. It's insane. All right, so Proctor Hermantown's mine. Let's go to the next quadrant, uh, the Northwest quadrant, if you may. I got Moorhead. Uh, Ryan Kraft is the head coach there. It's his second campaign. Uh, they had a 12A team a couple years ago that was really good, top three in the state. Uh, those kids are now in ninth grade, um, maybe some are in 10th. They have a ton of talent coming up in Moorhead. I'd be interested to see how well they can do and see if they can go after the the Rosos and the Brainerds of the world in that section. So two years ago, the 2018-2019 season, the Moorhead girls during the regular season went 2-20-3. And, and that'll be the worst team they're going to have for decades. Last year during the regular season, 8-15-1. and one. They're getting better. They're getting better and better. And it's not, they didn't go from 2-20-3 to 22-3, which I actually kind of like. Yeah. It feels more sustainable if you go 8-15. and 15, Maybe this year you go 10-8 and eight or however many games you have. And then the next year you go 24-1 and one or something. Right. Right. Uh, who do you got up there? I got Rozo. Oh, so you the lose. greatest. Okay, just for the record, this is the gr- single greatest girls' youth program in the state, bar none. I'm going to take that as a compliment. I'm in a fantasy football league with their 12A head coach. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, it, every, <laughs> she, just so you know, every at the Ram Sports Center, every team, the 6A, 6B, if they call it that, 8A, you get where I'm going, you know, all the way up to 15s has their own locker room. They have their own girls' facility. This Rams Center is their facility for girls' hockey. Can you say that about any program in the state of Minnesota? Breck. No, they don't have a might program at Breck. Eh, they might as well. They don't. They but might. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it is literally heaven on earth for, for girls' youth hockey in Rozo and my hats off to them for for doing that and they have hundreds of girls playing hockey in a town where there's only 2000 where there's only hundreds of people. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's all. There's my pump tire pump there for the Rozo girls program. Well, it might be heaven for girls hockey, but they're losing an angel in Kayla Santel. She had a million <laughs> points last year. She's at Bemidji, right? She's got I believe she's at yeah. Bemidji. She's gone and Annika Stoskopf is also gone. But it doesn't matter because in the pipeline, they've still got Savannah Bufflin, Memphis Mertens, the Helgeson twins. They're going to be fine. Yeah. They also had an eighth grader, Jada Pulowski, who played a solid bit in net last year. Most important position in the game. Rozo's going to be just fine. It's going to be a good team. That's for sure. All right, we'll go southwest-ish on our little quadrant. Uh, A team I... I just couldn't help but fall in love with last year was the Wyzetta girls team. Wow. I just love them. They played hard. They had a lot of talent. They're fun to watch. They were not afraid of Edina. They just took it to them. They didn't play afraid. Granted, they lost by a, by a goal, in the, and they almost had a goal on Uma in the last 10 seconds. They had three you know point-blank chances in front. And just to see the tears in their eyes, I'm like, man, this is, the, this is another team I want to watch with Taylor Williamson as the coach and their dad, Dean, her dad, Dean. And assisting, it's a fun team to watch. You, you, you know, for high school with three thousand kids and a, a, a fruitful youth girls program, you know, usually I don't cheer for those. No offense, but this one I really do. It's it's they put together a great program, and with Pat O'Leary and and Taylor, what they do, their skills nights where the high school kids come out and skate with the players. I mean, this is a really really solid uh, high school marriage to the youth program, and, and those are the ten types of teams I really want to follow and, and see succeed. They will have to replace Micah Bergeron, 
the yeah. senior goalie from last season who came on late out of nowhere in the season and was just incredible with a one six eight goals against Un- and a nine nineteen save percentage in the section playoffs. She only gave up five goals on fifty seven shots. She so the, now she the, literally I mean, stood the, on her head against Edina. It was so cool. And what a I'll put this in air quotes. What a problem to have to pick between Julia. Kimlinger and Annika Lavender is your goaltender next season. Yeah, two, two talented players. They'll be in a good spot. I mean, Bergeron was outstanding last season. And then you got uh, Greta Branton and who's the girls committed out east? Oh, my goodness. Can't think of her name Sloan right now. Sloan Matthews. Yeah. Te- she's so tough. I saw her play this summer for the OS team in that OS Bombers, OS Black game over at Richfield. She was probably the best player on the ice, and this was – there was – the ice was full of Division One commits. A lot of fun to watch last year. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got down Southwest? My team is not Southwest. My team is just West. Westish. It's like, okay. Like west from me. Uh, yeah. I've got Chisago Lakes. That's not West. That's what it's that, West for me. Literally, they're like a stone's throw to the uh, river. To the to St. Croix River. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm deleting this. Chisago Lakes. I'm, I'm editing this out. You can no, throw actually, out a I'm team, not. and I can I'm give kidding. You. Do love Chisago though. I do love it. They it's a bring good back squad. Jenna Lowry and Danny Bergen. They add Danny Burnett. Is it Burnett or Brunette? Brunette. Brunette from Blaine. She's going to come over to Chisago and round out that lineup. They're going to be good. I'm hearing rumblings that Riley Winters might be a Chisago Laker as well. Really? Yeah, from Ooh, Blake. I, mean, I don't they, know. I do not print that. I don't plan on printing anything. I don't print rumors. <laughs> but I just heard, I've heard that she might end up there. Well, Chisago might have all the talent in the world. Unfortunately, they get stuck in Section 5A. It could be with, done. Uh, with or- they lost to Orono last year, and they've got Orono and Breck in the section. I if, they, s- if they beat Breck, I'll throw them a parade. I Okay, I've seen it all. I've seen them all. I've seen all the players um, in the, that section. And there's a ton of good players in that section. You talked about, you talked about Orno's coming on, Mount West Tonka's coming on. Um, they're, Mount West Tonka. Oh, they're not in that, that section. section. God, they should be though. I mean, they're all within ten miles of each other. Yeah. You know of you know you Breck and Orno well, West Tonka skate together. So they they players. do they skate out way west with with uh, Mount is in section two. Uh, so that's the one with um, Hutchinson. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, I think that Chisago can win that. Uh, the The best player is on is Danny Bergen from from Chisago. She's better than any of the girls on Breck. She's probably the one of the best players in the state. Probably best, best one of the best re- players in the country. Re- yeah, she for played sure. with Team USA last year when she was an 04. Yeah, and she was the lead, one of the leading scorers yeah. on the U eighteen team. So, and I saw her play. She's reckless. She's hard to stop. She is. She's so tough. I think that if they get hot and get some good goaltending and they have, like, remember that family? They have, like, you did a the story The DeVries on? and the McKinnons? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Transcribing that was a nightmare, trying to remember which of the seven kids was talking. But my point is I think that they have enough depth. Um, I think they could they could beat – I can Can I say this? They could beat Breck in a one-game series? A one-game one one series, game series played at Chisago Lakes – and everything breaks, right? No, it'll right? be a parade. It'll be a parade. Um, but it's a long shot, but let's I dare to dream, right? they have to replace their goaltender, but they have Anna Hansen, who played pretty well in limited action last year. It could be a so little we'll, mini hotbed. I mean, we'll see. All right. 
Mr. West. What do you got on the east? What's almost your, west. Can you get east of Chisago Lakes? I don't think you can. Just barely. Uh, Stillwater? Forest Lake. Forest Lake? That's, yeah, Forest Lake. Ooh, that's just dead north. It think, is I west. I think it's west. straight north from my house. I think it's west. She Do you gotta, want me to take Stillwater then? No, wait. No, I'll take Stillwater. No, wait. You got to go through Forest Lake to get to Chisago Lake. So she's got, so Forest Lake would be your west and Chisago's your east. Whatever. I want to watch we're, Forest Lake play. Why? <laughs> because they they were right in the middle of that super talented group. And a lot of those girls have graduated. Bria Parent. And those types of players. And their head coach has also moved on to a different opportunity. Todd Gutterman has taken an assistant position with Andover. He's yeah. also the head coach of the Forest Lake A-Squirts, uh, where his son plays. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't really blame him for wanting to spend no. more time coaching his son. So I'll be interested to see how the new coach goes. They still have some talented pieces on that roster. And the Suburban East, outside of Stillwater, Suburban East is wide. Oh, yeah. No question Wide about that. Wide open. So we'll S-E-C. see how the Rangers do. Uh, speaking of the Suburban East, I like me some Stillwater. Uh, their youth programs have been solid uh, for the last uh, last six, seven years, seven, eight years. And I think they have one of the best two or three coaches in the state with Mira Jalusa. And I think that she's putting together a nice pack there. And Mira's a friend of ours. We run a tournament with her in the off season, mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see their young crop of, you know, ninth, 10th grade girls uh, mesh with their 11th and 12th graders. I think they're going to have an outstanding year. That's I, don't, my, I don't disagree with any of that. That they're wraps gonna, up our girls. Pretty much like every other team, they are going to have to replace a couple of key players, key seniors. Lauren Enan, um, she, she's and then there is St. Thomas. Who else do they have on that team? There's a, a Morgan Woolers. Yep, would be another one. And then there's a gal who's. I asked her mother how to pronounce her name. Haley Eater Zedek Zedek. Like I feel so bad because I asked her mother how do you pronounce how do you pronounce it? I forgot. But they're also losing her 44 points and a captain last season. That's so tough. They, they might be a year away. Yeah. from challenging Hill Murray in. The section, section playoffs, but they got the talent. They got the groundwork in place. So, All right. Uh, now let's switch gears over to the uh, boys. You, want, you get to go. I went first on the girls. You go first on the boys. So you, you pick your uh, quadrant. Oh, the Northeast. You're going Northeast. I'm going to huh? start Northeast again. Uh, right. Duluth Denfeld. Ooh, that's a great pick. I like Duluth, oh, I'm jealous. Duluth Denfeld. Can I, have, I have pick envy right now because that's such Denfeld? a good pick. No, because it's a fun team. They're going to be dynamite. I remember when this group of kids were PBAs at uh, Fogarty, of all places, in the PBA State <laughs> Tournament. And I saw them play, I believe, War Road with Damon Gardner and uh, Hammer, Slukinski, and all those guys. Uh, maybe Reed was on that team, too. Carson Reed. Carson Reed was on the team. It was a really good team. A really good team from War Road. I'm, uh, I'm shocked. It's shocked to hear that, right? <laughs> I think Denfeld will be fun. I mean, they're you know who you know who, you know who won that tournament. Ja- Johnson, Como, North St. Paul, all with beat Edina in the finals. So these teams we're talking about weren't didn't even make it to the championship. Yeah. But I, I want, thought Denfeld was great. Uh, I think there might be exactly one kid from that Johnson, Como, North St. Paul team to play uh, for Johnson's. So <laughs> that's a, maybe what one. a what a fun reminder of my. My poor alma mater. I know. Uh, Denfeld should be fun. They're always kind of the forgotten child in the uh, in the Duluth scene. They won't be this year. They will not be they, this year. They, they could be beat this East this year. 
You they think could, they could beat yes, East? Yes, they can beat East. Oh, They're you, that good. You really think Mike Randolph would let that happen? No. 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 He's got enough problems having to play Hermantown twice, much less play Denfeld. I wonder if he's going to play him twice. I, I got to see that you. schedule. That'll be interesting. I've learned to never guess what Mike Randolph is Never. Because he's, he's, ten, he's 10 moves ahead of me. What do you got? What, what, who, who should we watch for besides the McClure twins? Besides the McClure? You yeah. can't just drop that on me. <laughs> uh, the easy answer would be Cade Shea. Yeah. Cade Shea had 52 points last year, one of their leading scorers. Um, obviously, he got shut out in the section final against Hermantown. Yeah. But played really well in the semis against Greenway, had a goal and two assists. Um if the rumors from around the rink are to be believed, goaltender Jacob Snyder, is he left? Is he still there? I don't know. I honestly, he's he's pretty good, though. Some during the Elite League. All right. Um, so I'm going to pick mine now? Yes. Uh, I'm going to stick to the Section 7, but I'm going to go Double A, the clear-cut favorite in 7AA. Luthies. With or without Jack Pert will be Grand Rapids. They are stacked. <gasps> the drought is over. All oh, the two and a half years we had to survive <laughs> without being the best team. They will be good. Uh, goaltender will be goaltending will be the biggest question mark for the Thunderhawks. Um, I this is a team. I mean, my other team. I'm gonna is gonna be Rozo from the other side of the state. How fun will it be to have a state tournament with Grand Rapids and Rozo in the state tournament? That'll be awesome. So I'm going to take Grand Rapids as a team I want to see. Um, I still have a uh, band director gig uh, at IRA Civic Center. I don't think this is the year I get to cash that chip in yet. I don't think they're going to let you into the building. (laughs) I don't think they're going to let the band in either. (laughs) So we'll have to wait till 2022 for me to cash that chip in. But I will cash that chip for sure. I I know you have that one filed away Oh, hard. You're going to cash in on that chip. I will. All right. We got over on the uh, northwest side. East Grand Forks. Ooh, I like that one. Ran into a bit of a buzzsaw against Warroad in that 8A final, which is a great freaking game. I was so excited to be there. You jumped on a plane and flew up there. I jumped on a six-seater and (laughs) flew up to Thief River for a game. Do you remember that conversation? You were on the phone. I'm like, well, let's see how much it costs to fly to Thief River. It was like 80 bucks or something. I'm like, let's go. I looked at my girlfriend, and I was like, he's looking at plane tickets. I think this is going to happen, honey. I'm sorry. And it was right on the end of... It was right between, right before um, Regions for youth. Yeah, Youth Regions. It's always right the night before. before. Regions. Yeah. Um, but Warroad kind of, I won't say Warroad moves out of the way because they're still super talented, but they lose Grant Slikinski, yeah. who beyond the stat sheet was the heart and soul of that Warroad team. Yeah. So I think East Grand has got a shot to win 8A, a super talented group. Jackson Panzer was as talented as anyone I've ever seen playing as a freshman last year. So East Grand's got a good shot to come out of 8 I think it's their year. I think even in the world, people would cough at me thinking that, but I think they deep down they know that this is the year for East Grand Forks with Osmus and Parker. Panzer and Parker. And I think they got all the tools this year to make that run to state. And, you know, I think this is – I think state's kind of wide open in Class A, but we'll save that for the High School Hockey Podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with that part of the region as well. Roseau, I, I alluded to their girls' program being strong. And uh, everybody knows how good Roseau is year in and year out, but this is their year. I mean, this is – they have everybody – they got it all dialed up. They've been pointing this year. They know that Moorhead is coming, and Moorhead's going to be coming for a long time. 
Common when you think about all of the Cullen boys. Quite literally, and, the next fifteen years. Yeah, the, with the Cullen boys and the Gregoires and the Grammers and the everything in between. This is the one down year for Moorhead. You better make hay, Rozo. I don't care because it's going to be a while before you can uh, equal what they have coming in Moorhead. So, not to make this a Moorhead show, but but I think that this this is the team for Rozo with Bufflin and those guys, um, Gunderson. It's they're stacked. Strand. That Strand is awesome. This is a stacked team. Um, I hope, let's keep our fingers crossed for the history of our, our, for the goodness of our game, that Rozo can get out of Section 8 AA and make it to state. Boy, that'd be fun. I, I sat uh, at the state Bantam tournament, I believe last year, I sat with a bunch of these Rozo kids during the banquet, and they're, uh, they're a bunch of characters. Yeah. They're, they fit the they yeah, they fit the mold of tough kids from northern Minnesota. This is a Max Strand is a physical physical yes. beast. Yes, he is. All right, let's go southwest ish. So does Benild count as southwest? That would be southwest. That would That's be St. Louis okay. Park. That's west. <laughs> it's south of three ninety four and west of thirty five W. I try not to come here as as much as you do. I don't All live right. over here. All right, suburban dad. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, why don't you get your car- Keep them why don't you get your cargo plaid shorts? Keep them and, coming. Uh, Here we go. Flip flops. Uh, I like Benilde. We've heaped some platitudes onto head coach Ken Pauly. It's it's always fun to see who Benilde ends up with. Yeah. At the start of the season, it, the roster comes on. You're like, ooh, super talented, super talented, super talented. Fits right in with their fun and gun offense in St. Louis Park. So I, I'm excited for Benilde. Name a guy or two on Benil that you really like. I, I, if you game one, I got another one. Tristan Sarsland. Was, you took my guy. Uh, Tristan. And I've already thrown Adam Marshall out there. I think he's a stud. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tristan was always one of those kids that was so much bigger than everybody, and he's starting to add some different things. Every, every time I see him play, he's got some new weapon in his arsenal. He's learning how to not be a giraffe on skates. Yeah. He's got great reach. Adam Marshall, this is the year I think he cracks, you know, 30 goals. Oh yeah. He's he'll got be, the he's got the nose even in, for it. Even in 18 games he'll do it? Yes. I think you're right. All right. He's a superstar. Uh my Southwest team, I can't use the name, but they're a school that's Southwest of Bloomington here. Um they're it's really close to their rink is really close to a casino. Um, I can't use the team because I can't say that word. Every time I pump this team's tires, uh, I get into trouble. So um, I don't use the name, but you could probably do the math as to what team this is. They got some great players, uh, namely uh, some junior. They'll be juniors this year already. It's sad because they won our Blue Ox a few years ago. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Rice. You got Schumacher. Um, Duber. Duber. Bump. Bump, Boshi, Boshi. It just keeps, and going. you know, and then you and then you go up the the class ahead of them. You got BD, um, you got Sodi, you got a bunch of you know, great seniors, great juniors, great goaltender. Um, this could be the year, believe it or not. Um, if you, if if everything falls right, this could be the year that uh, if there was ever a year for prior, excuse me, for the casino to make it to uh, the state tournament, wouldn't this be the year where no fans were allowed? That would no. be very casino-ish for them to make it. You do you mean uh, the team before Pond? What's that? Get it? I don't get it. Before Pond. 
Pryor Lake. Oh, got it, got you it. Get it. Yes. Yeah, before pond. It? Yeah. Hit the hit the uh, hit the bad joke sound. There we go. Yeah, there, there it goes. <laughs> they do have a nice team. I'll be curious to see how Matt Beatty does. Yeah, he'll be good. He's always been a personal. He'll favorite. be good. All right, now to the southeast. Oh boy, go your this turn. Is, this Tough was a one. battle of prospect pipelines, considering how young There's some of the so talent many. is. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say Creton. They had a ton of talent last year. Very, very young talent. Can I just interrupt for one second here? Again. Just for one second before you just go crazy. Just do it already. So for the record, if you're a longtime viewer of our show, 10 Minutes with Tony Scott, this guy across the table from me always picked Woodbury. And this team is loaded with Woodbury players. Every player you get a name probably was a Woodbury (laughs) youth player. So just for the record, there is absolutely no uh, objective journalism going on here. None whatsoever. Uh, they have to replace emotional leader, captain, program stalwart, Mac Gleason. Yes. That, I mean, that's a whole. He's got a mustache now. Have you seen, whole, the, seen the photos of him with a mustache? It's gross. I don't want to see the it's photos gross. of him with a mustache. All right, so let's hear. What, what's, what's, who do you like on oh uh, Creighton and why? I'm looking at last year's roster, and I could literally just name everybody who did not graduate. Uh, Simon Hoagie, he's always Hogue. been. Hogue, whatever. Yep. Always been really good. He started as a freshman last year for a team that won 20 games. I'd say that's pretty good. Woodbury uh, kid. Yep. Attila Lapai. Oh, yeah, he's a Woodbury kid, but didn't play a lot of Woodbury. He played more gentry, I believe, in his formative youth years. I think he did, too. One player I'm super excited for is Devin Cardenas to see what he adds to his game. Super quick, skilled. Let's see if he can add a little, uh, a little muscle. To his frame, he's a smaller guy. Great he's a freshman speed. last year. Great speed. But he's got game-breaking speed. Yes. He's one of those kids you hand it off to and watch him go yep. 90 feet into the offensive zone. So that should be a fun team to watch. You know, the Fisher brothers? The, I can't just name everybody. The twins? You I can't just Sandri name Sandriol twins? I mean, you just go on and on. They're great goaltender, all from? Hoodberry. Woodbury. Yeah, it's a Woodbury collection. Great group of kids and a great coach. I agree. I'm I'm excited to see that team play. And thanks to the Fisher dad, Tony Fisher, they always come strutting out with some cool uniforms. K1. Love the K1s. Okay, my team, their arch rival, one of their arch rivals, uh, St. Thomas Academy, uh, who came a game away, you know, from, from the state final last year. It's pretty impressive because in what was supposed to be not a great a, team at the beginning of the a season. regroup year, yeah, no question about it. They have the highest, uh, one of the highest drafted high school hockey players ever. Uh, and Jackson Hallam was a third round pick. He really came out of nowhere. If we went back and did our our uh, um, uh, central scouting rankings, you looked at the past central scouting rankings leading up to that draft. I don't think he I don't was, think in, he was there. ever I don't think in he was there. Listening. I don't think he ever made it, and all of a sudden he went to the third round. Pretty impressive. Was it Calgary who took him? Vegas. Vegas. Uh, I knew it was a Western Conference team. Took him. Um, you got Tyler Graham. You have uh, Jared Wright. Nagel. Max Nagel. Uh, I always want to say Brent Nagel. That's his dad's name. Max Nagel. Uh, uh, Question mark at goaltender. We'll see what they bring in. Um, you never know. It's a private school. You bring in lots of different talent. Uh, should be a great team. Uh, again, this year, I'm looking forward to see uh, the Navy and White again. Should be a good squad. 
Definitely the favorite in Section 3. Yeah, no question about it. We're almost done here. We're almost We're what? done. We uh, one more, uh, one more little segment, and then we'll do our If You Could segment to, to wrap the thing up. Well, before we get any closer to the end, I'd like to ask you about these podcasts. Oh, the ones that I've been doing since in pause number two? Yeah, considering you're one of those people who can never just take a breath and appreciate any free time you've jammed your entire schedule full of podcasts not as many this time because we were completely off there was no future where we always had these tournaments that we're trying to reschedule today and tomorrow and friday is trying to we've been a little busier that way from a programming perspective but we have snuck in two or three podcasts each week Uh, i've had a lot of fun uh danny cameronese was Super cool to talk to, hearing her story of you know playing with boys growing up in the Wyzetta system, and you know what a what a record she has. Listen to this. Um, the stuff I learned during the research is awesome. Two state titles, right? Nice. Two NCAA titles, nice. Two world championships, nice. Miss hockey, right? In there somewhere, right? And oh, by the way, a gold medal. Oh, fun. She's like twenty four years old. Boy, she would have a tough time going through airport security with six rings and a gold medal <laughs> hanging around her neck. Well, I thought that was a, a real fun exercise. And, of course, she took a shot at Cal Dietz, which makes makes for a great uh, any great show. Seems like any former gopher I talk to, they get a Cal Dietz reverence or a Cal Dietz shot in there, and Cal's <laughs> such a great guy. Uh, that was a fun one. And then yesterday's was a, a true honor interviewing um, – uh, Scott Perunovich, the Hobie Baker winner, to hear his story about concealing for 15 minutes that he had won the Hobie Baker from his whole <laughs> household of people who were there to see if he won or not. And he's like, yeah, I tried really hard to play it cool. I'm like, yeah, your bright red face after you hung up the phone probably wow. was a dead giveaway. He's like, yeah, I just hid and hid and played it cool for 15 so minutes. Spend the next 15 minutes hiding in the bathroom. And he was so funny on the pod. He's like, yeah, I can't really say who it was. And then after the show, he told me who it was. He goes, John Buchergrass called him and told him, hey, you might want to turn your TV, congratulations, you won. You might want to turn the recorder on and get a good video of your family rejoicing, and he did that. I, I love how it's on the Hobie Baker winner to get his family's reaction. Yes. Like he's he's supposed to act as a producer for the Hobie Baker committee. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Did you hear a story? In, in the pod, just I'm not going to give away too much about it. In the pod, he's like, cool. yeah, before I left for uh, St. Louis, I called Kevin McHale. Like, yeah, everybody just calls Kevin McHale to get some advice. I would never call Kevin <laughs> McHale for advice. <laughs> But I thought it was kind of neat. We talked about some of the stuff, all the connections to the Michelettis and uh, Adam Johnson's family, and just all the different connections there in, in, in Hibbing that he has made. And, and now he's one of them, you know, uh, being, you know. He's one of the old timers. Yeah, he's one of the old timers. And little kids point at him. There's Scott Perunovich. So that was a really cool one. Trent Klatz was by far the most open. And he was a completely open book about everything, about, about coaching and playing. And he had some great stories about you know being brother-in-laws with Ken Jernander they both they married twin sisters <laughs> and some of the stories that rolled out of that and uh you know I've asked him point blank about about Sean Avery and that got a little bit dicey you, you know, know you know what's funny is that Sean Avery also mentioned uh Kenny Gernander by name in, in his, his book, book. 
Yeah, so it's just such a crazy. These podcasts are a lot of fun. I'm hopeful. I got my fingers crossed. I got Jeff Polschel lined up for one. The Monica oh, that'll be coach. Fun. Yeah, he's always been a, a guy I've really looked up to, uh, both as a player and as a coach. I just think he's a first class guy, and for him to get his state title, he just took it in stride and such a cool dude. So I'm hopeful we'll get Jeff Polschel on and and have some more pods before we get rolling here in the next couple weeks. Uh, the pods are a blast for me. If you can't tell when you listen. I'm having a blast doing them. So, what do you think Jeff Poshel likes better? Receiving the state championship medal and trophy <laughs> or running an hour and a half practice? Ah, practice. He seems like a guy that just loves getting on the ice and he's got 50 different drills that they can do and he's 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 like an urban Meyer where he's tinkering with basic concepts. Were you in the lobby that day when we were at the Lumberjack Cup last winter? I'm always in the lobby. Okay, so we're in the lobby at the at the St. Croix Rec Center, and Matamita is about to go on the ice. And he comes running. I've never seen him excited in my life. And he comes running down the hallway, and he's like, don't resurface, don't resurface. And I'm like, posh, what's going on? He goes, they'll come out and they'll resurface here. I don't want it. I need the extra 15 minutes. I want as much ice time as I can get. Oh, my gosh. And he was super nice about it. He's just like first-class guy. But that's a guy I'm looking to – to get on the show eventually here in the next few days. Well, he's an interesting cat, man. Very, very good guy. All right, last uh, but not least, uh, we, in, in remembrance of the World Juniors, this is our latest hockey tournament that we cover in this pause. Uh, <laughs> you got the Sling uh, username and password we bought uh, as, as a company. Uh, you've, you've had it uh, for most of the tournaments. If you I've, can... I've seen a few of the games. I saw Czech and Russia. Um, I haven't seen Canada play yet. What have What have you seen? What are your takeaways with the U.S. and just the World Juniors in general? One of my takeaways is that if you can find any other streaming service besides <laughs> Sling TV, get it, get it, and pay whatever they ask for it. It's oh the only It's gosh. the only way you can get it in I don't the Twin so. Cities. I think there's a different or have cable TV, it. which or I could, don't have. Or anymore. you could do the VPN route where you pretend that you're using internet in. Europe or something. Yeah, my son was trying to teach me that trick. I'm like, no, I'll just get the sling for thirty bucks and we're good. And call you know, call it a business. Experience. But I will look at it. it's thirty bucks for a month of it, right? And we it's can watch bad. and we can cover ten games. It's like three bucks a game. We're gonna do it for Go for Hockey this weekend too, because I don't have cable TV anymore. I went, I cut the cable. I literally cut the cable like two days before Walls said we're there's no more hockey here for six weeks. So oh like, wow, you- I wouldn't have. I would have kept it. I would have kept cable until after because I don't watch a lot of TV. So you cut the cord, huh? I cut the cable, wow. literally. I think it was the week of. That's very hip of you. I know. I'm very hip. Yeah, you should call me before had a, you have a heart attack. I literally had a cable box in my house until mid-November of 2020. Do you still have a home phone? No, I don't. Oh, my God. No, I don't. We cut that one about two years ago. Oh, congratulations. So Maybe, maybe someday you'll get a cell phone. All right, so which team's going to win the uh, juniors, World Juniors? I have no free. Come on, you've yet. watched more of it than I have. I've I've seen the U.S. play twice. Their Trevor Zegers is unbelievable. He is. Trevor Zegers is a fantastic player. Matt Boldy's looked really, really good. Yeah. I mean, everything that I'm about to say about Boldy, you can find from a million other. Yes. Probably better qualified scouts. He is exceptional along the boards. He is. A, I'm trying to think of a better way to say Energizer Bunny. He's a jitterbug. He yeah. never stops moving. They have a, and Alex Turcott blends in really, really well out there. Uh, it's a good the, line. The what? U.S. and Canada were considered 
the top two horses before the tournament even started. I don't think yep. that's changed at all. I will say that Canada has not played a team close to Russia like the U.S. has that opened and lost to Russia. Um, Canada beat Germany 16-2, to Slovakia 3-1, to and Switzerland 10 to nothing. so I don't think they've faced no. any particularly stiff competition. Um, losing Doc certainly hurts, but they can just slide one more first-rounder in to take over. They had like 20 first-rounders on the roster. They're all first-rounders. That's insanity. I know. It's crazy. Uh, okay, so um, let's talk to the Minnesota guys. Uh, you've watched the uh, – the, was it – how many are on there? Four? There's Bobby Brink, Hellison, Lacombe. Brink, Hellison, Lacombe, Faber. Faber. Four. And then you have uh, Ryan Johnson, adopted Minnesotan. Adopted? You can't just claim him. Like well, that. if his dad's from here you know, it's, and he, he plays gopher hockey, yeah, it's, right, kind of, it's a pseudo Minnesota. Right now you're acting like a Tier 1 or a Triple A team that has a player play one weekend of their entire life with them, <laughs> and then they take credit after, For his entire after. career. Oh, you got drafted. Congratulations, yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, who used our la- our locker room bathroom one time, and now he's officially a member of the hashtag team family. I agree. I agree with Bit that. Bit ridiculous. Bobby Brink has looked really good. They were talking about his grit. I didn't know this about I Bobby Brink I, until until yesterday. And it's, and it's not a knock on Bobby. I no. mean, when he was playing high school hockey, he was so far ahead of everyone Skill-wise. that he didn't have to be all that gritty. He can but, be, though. I mean, he took his lumps against the Czech Republic, and he buried buried some of those uh, some of those passes. Yeah. Who had that pass to him? Somebody had a really great. Well, Boldy was one of them. It wasn't Boldy. Somebody else had a great pass where he, his stick was Basically down. Basically just put his stick and directed it in. in, yeah. That line looked really good against the Czech Republic. Drew Hellison is just one more piece to the Colorado blue line. Uh, smooth. Crazy, skater. isn't it? Super quick. He's gotten better every time I've seen him, too. Yeah, no question about it. Jackson Lacombe has looked good. Brock Faber has gotten a lot of play. I know. Whoever is announcing the game, whether it's they Starman or whoever, they love Brock Faber. I know. Isn't that crazy? Love. It's so funny. I found a picture of... Brock Faber today. I don't know why. I must have been digging through some pictures of something and had a picture of him scoring in the PBAA state tournament in 2016, <laughs> right? Against Edina okay. Friday at about noon. Yeah. And uh, those were the, it was the number one versus two. They got paired each other in, in the state quarters. I'm like, I got to see this game. So I go up there and I got a picture of him. And it's so funny in the picture. Uh, I, I really I scanned the photo really closely. I'm like, oh, look. Kyle Kukunen's behind the net. Justin Janicki just to the left of him. And it's the Bermuda Triangle of Osseo Maple Grove in the picture. And I look behind the, behind the net there, and there's Air, uh, excuse me, Jay Faber, his dad, and and the whole clan behind the net. I'm like, what a great picture. And I, you know, when I'm shooting for a game, I don't think of this kid's going to be in the World Juniors in four years. No. Four years, he's going to be in the World Juniors. The Maple Grove Mafia. It's crazy. Never Absolutely sleeps. crazy. So we've talked a little World Juniors. Um, it's in Canada. Uh, it's in Red Deer and Edmonton. Yeah, that's why uh, they don't wear masks while playing. Why? Twitter guy. Because they're in a bubble. They're right? in a bubble. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. they've jumped through a million hoops already. Be nice to Twitter guy. No. I, I'm not, You know who I am nice to on Twitter? This is totally off topic. Is Twitter guy who puts their first and last name or a company of 
credibility like ours. I think we've earned the credibility, right? But the guy on the Twitter who doesn't have a name, like Minnesota North Shore guy or oh, I love XYZ guys. PDQ guy. Great. I'm like, you don't count. If you can't stand behind who you are, then your opinion does not count. My New Tim Walls lies. This guy's I'm like, you don't count. You do not count to me. There's this guy on Twitter. Uh, I can't think of like David Montgomery. He points, he does like statistics for, you know, for, for COVID. I'm like, this guy's just a straight up nerd giving you us use your real name. Your real name. Fantastic. I agree. Um, okay. So Canada is a large nation. They're the host of the world juniors. They are a large nation. COVID's well over. done Magellan. Could, uh, COVID gets over. Here's the, if you could COVID gets over, you can cross the border into Canada. Um, Edmonton doesn't count because we're going to go there no matter what, because of, of the brick. Uh, when you get to cross the border, what Canadian city would you like to visit most? Montreal. And I want to go to Joe beef. What is Joe beef? Joe beef is a renowned restaurant. Really? <laughs> renowned restaurant really? run by chefs, Dave McMillan. And listen uh, to you. Some other guy. What is his name? I you remember look that Dave, one up, and I'll give you mine. Dave McMillan, but uh, it's a legendary restaurant. They did an episode with Anthony Bourdain on Parts Unknown, yeah, uh, in Quebec, and it was they took him to that restaurant and just it looked like a lot of fun. And uh, I took two years of middle school French, so <laughs> just so you could do it. Right? This is my one time where I can say Je m'appelle Pierre. Um, my choice is the Okanagan, um, the west of the Western Canadian Rockies, um, the Eastern ones is where Banff is and the other side of the Rockies is the Okanagan, uh, towns like, uh, Penticton or Kelowna I've heard are just gorgeous. Uh, I would love to go there and take in a, uh, a BCHL game or a WHL game or some kind of Canadian hockey game in the winter and take in the, 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 the views in the winter I think are somewhat more splendid than the ones in the summer in, in the, in the Canadian Rockies. Really? So, yeah. They're awesome. Wow. They're unbelievable. Fred, Fred, I like shooting. I like shooting winter scapes better than summer scapes. I don't even know what scapes are. So I, like outdoors shots. <laughs> it's I a, shot some fall stuff this past fall. It was a good challenge, and winter is just so much easier. Everything sits still. Not the leaves aren't blowing around. It, it it's all there. You, you all it's all it's just sun and snow. It's like living. It. It's so like much like easier. Living in an unshaken snow globe. Yes, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Fred Moran. Is That's the, other the chef. chef? Oh, I was Joe Beef. I was wondering of who it was going to be. I know. I could see beads of sweat forming on your forehead in well, your in your cute little Bantamalik quarter zip. This has been a fun little pod. We've talked about a lot of different topics: rumor mills, new announcements, masks, no masks, Fogarty, the Joe Beef restaurant, Joe Beef restaurant. You name it, we have covered it all. If you're a hockey geek. Uh, hopefully we have fed you for the last 90 minutes, whether you're walking your dog or uh, going for a run or whatever. Peter is raising his hand, and there's no camera. You can put your hand down now. Peter, do you have I got one more question. You want to close it off? Yeah. I got one more question. What's your New Year's resolution? Mm, Lose a lot of weight. Besides lose a lot of weight, I don't know. Besides that one? Ooh. I'm going to work more. That's what it's going to be. That's a terrible resolution. (laughs) workaholic um i don't know i don't really have one really i don't have one dang i don't have one mine is drink drink less pop how's that oh nice okay drink Drink less drink more water i'm drinking a ton of water fruit water just water just water 
Mine is to not read Twitter streams or comment threads anymore. From, yeah, comment threads. No, They're, just in general. Comment like, threads are, I can't, that's a I, very good one. I that can't is even, really good one. Comment I, threads are really bad. I'm going to stop reading Facebook comment threads. I'm going to stop reading comments on athletic articles. Oh, I don't even go there ever. It's the Twitter comment threads that are I'm like not reading cocaine. I'm done. They are cocaine. They're stupid. They're st- I, I become they more. Are. I become more and more convinced that Twitter is the worst thing that humans have ever come up with. <laughs> and if it's not the worst, it is in the top five. Oh, that's so funny. And, and we wouldn't be sitting here today if it weren't for Twitter, because that is how we delineate our messages. No, but it's the world's worst double-edged I, sword. It is a double-edged sword. There's so many good that comes from Twitter. You can get messages out instantly. You can attach photos and articles you to it. You get news like that. It's amazing. But there are some things in there that are dastardly. Well, it's it's given every, every knucklehead with a Wi-Fi connection, a, a speakerphone to babble about whatever they want. That includes me, too. I've deleted tweets that I've put out before on my personal account. Yeah. I'm just like, that was stupid. stupid. I shouldn't have said that. That's dumb. I've deleted Why tweets, too. Why did you say that? I've deleted many, many YHH tweet going, that probably wasn't smart. There used to be a time where people would make stupid comments, and they would just get ratioed, and they'd end up deleting that tweet. And now people don't, because they don't care. They don't even care. No. I know. I know. They, just, they just don't care. Well, um... If you appreciate our hard work and our podcasts, and even you if you want, don't, and you even if you don't, yeah, even if you don't, and you want to support us, uh, support our sponsor, uh, the Minnesotan, would be terrific. Buy yourself a great quarter zip, uh, a vintage hat, tons of hats, uh, great, great shirts, great pants, um, cool stuff, really first class stuff. Um, I'm working hard. One of my New Year's resolutions is to, is to bump a few LBs so I can go up there and get a really cool shirt and, like, model it someday for what kind of the shirt Minnesotan. Well, he's got a lot of cool. He's got some uh, plaid uh, flannels that are just awesome. But I'm like, eh, I don't want to go get a double X. I want to go in there and fit comfortably into my XL uh, again. I'm going to get back to the XL days, um, and I'm going to get a cool shirt from those guys. Uh, that's my payment for this cool these great podcasts. So if you could support them, you'll get 15% off by citing YHH on the discount code. Or when you go into the store, tell them you, you heard about the store from YHH, you get 15% off. For Peter Odney, I'm Tony Scott. Thanks for tuning in to the Minnesotan Podcast. <laughs>